when we say practical, do we mean like, yeah, it's like, do we mean like, is it real? Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. We'll we'll, we'll talk about it. Welcome to the Sanctuary Podcast, hosted by the Young Adult Ministry at Bentry Bible Fellowship in Carrollton, Texas. At Bentry, we experience and share the love of Jesus. To learn more about the Young Adult Ministry at Bentry, head over to www.bentry.org forward slash young adults. And now let's join the conversation with today's hosts in the Sanctuary. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Sanctuary Podcast, uh, where we help deal with the tension of faith and doubt. My name is Antoine, and I'm the young adult pastor at Bent Tree Bible Fellowship. I have my friends, Kristen and Haley, yeah. in the house. How are y'all? Y'all feeling good? I know it's like the same, it's just it's just an hour from the yeah, last I'm one. Like, <laughs> it's just an hour like from the last one. Yeah, just like we said last time. Like we just we just like to, you know, do the do the same outfits. Yeah, keep keep it. spirits moving. We're just yeah, moving with yeah. We're just gonna keep we got time to change. Ain't got no time for we're gonna, change. We're gonna keep we're gonna keep doing it. Well, we um we have our little friend joining us today. Oh, who? Oh, 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 oh yeah, I bet. Okay, so if you're not looking at this on video and you're just listening, we talked about our friend. Was it our first episode that we talked about? I, think so. I don't know if we named him, though. Did we? I don't I think thought, we, even, we talked about him? We talked about him. Yeah, I, and, I, and, I, and I did come up with a name that we didn't like. I said the name and I didn't like it. I don't. It? I don't remember. Oh, okay. So we we've got a <laughs> name. Do our first episode. That, and let us know. There's well, a little. There's a little rubber. Antoine's gonna make an Instagram. There you go. Hole. He's gonna make a whole Instagram for Mr. Duck. Yeah, that's uh-huh. it. That's yeah. He's the behind the scenes sanctuary behind the scenes with uh, Sam the Duck or whatever. Sam is terrible. I don't like that. No, My brother in law's name is we'll Sam, but we got a better name than that yeah. though. We'll figure it out. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so we're going to jump in uh, today. So today's episode is centered around the question, is the Bible practical? Is, is the Bible... <laughs> and cut. <laughs> and scene, yeah. All the DTS props, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, they're like, what? Rescind it. All, all, of, your, all, of, your, all of your work done. Is the Bible practical? Okay, so this is kind of a, it feels like a leading question in some ways as for, for Christian podcasts because it feels like everyone listening this expects us just to be like, well, yeah, it is. You know, like, are I y'all, said no, so are y'all, I mean, maybe, yeah, you already messed it up. So they're already like, what? Um, but I don't know. I think, I think it's potential that if you keep listening, you may be surprised. I don't know what we're going to say, but. But I know that um, I don't know. I think about this. I think I've thought about this question a lot. So, and it's not it's not a simple answer. So anyway, uh, what are y'all's thoughts on this question? Is the Bible practical? Well, I said no. So <laughs> he was like, "I'm not saying that anymore." Haley, <laughs> Haley, <laughs> you'll hear no, you'll hear nothing else from Haley for the rest <laughs> no. of the show. I no. have to graduate on the 13th, and until then, I can't get. Kicked Shout out, out to Haley graduating from DTS, though. Hey, in the crowd comes out, it'll be long past, and we'll forget it all. <sighs> That's true. That's right. We're recording this. Though. What in a couple weeks? Yeah, it's what's today? Wednesday? A week and a half. 
Yeah, a week and a half. Look scary. at that. Scary. It's so scary. Well, you got to do something new now. You got to you got to do something else with your life. Start another degree. Yes. Uh-huh. Lifelong learner um, over here. I eventually I will be, but I need to pay back the government first. The government? You got to get a government? And then and then maybe in a few years <laughs> I'll do another. I know. I'm actually considering going back to school. Um I was considering this year, but it's May, and I was thinking about it for August, and um, we are not where I want it to be uh, as far as ministry rhythm, mm. and I need to get that rhythm right before mm. I can uh, add that level of uh, thing to my plate. So, yeah, that would be a lot. Yeah, so uh, that's going to move out. But, cool. But anyway, I'm considering it. Awesome. It could happen. Okay. Bible practical. Let's do it. Let's jump in. The time has come. I was gonna say, I think it maybe we should define a little bit about what we mean by practical. Like, is it just like, can we believe it? Is it, should we follow it? Like, yeah. is it applicable to my life? All the above. Yeah. Yeah. What was, uh, what was your, what was y'all's first thought when, when you hear, like, when you hear the question, what, what was your first thought, even if it was the, my first thought was like in asking, is the Bible practical? Almost like, is it applicable to my life? Like, mm-hmm. why like, should I pay attention? Like, can it actually do anything for me? That was my first thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Practical definitely sounds like useful, mm-hmm. which might be a different conversation from true slash inerrant, those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. probably for this episode, we're. Just gonna not assume we can talk about it, kind of assume that we believe it's true, but it's like if it is true, then how does it apply? Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I don't yeah. speak for everyone, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I probably it's a it is it is a different conversation. Um, is the Bible true and is it trustworthy and all those things? Like, right, that goes into a whole like how the Bible is put together. I think there's elements of that that could be relevant to the practicality of scripture. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think the bulk of it is: does it help my life mm-hmm. or not? <laughs> you know, yeah. like can can it help me solve problems? Can it help me, mm-hmm. you know, live well? You know, yeah. all those all those things are so subjective. Like all everything I just said, what does it mean to live well? What is mm-hmm. it? What problems are we looking for to solve? You know, mm-hmm. um, and you know, is it going to help? Is it going to help you choose which career to take? You know, that's yeah. a high, you know, is it going to help you choose what person to fall in love with? Is it going to help you to, you know, like what level of practicality are we talking about, mm-hmm. you know, here? So, so yeah, yeah. I think that's what, did you, to answer the question, practical, I think that's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I think there's bound to be some overlap from all of those things. Um, because, I mean, as far as, is the Bible practical? Is it is it true? Is it going to change, make an impact in my life? One specific topic, we're just going to jump right into the deep end, um, that has been on my mind a lot lately is like women in ministry and Mm. leadership roles and what the Bible has to say about that because I'm about to, like we were just talking about, graduate with my master's in Christian ed and I want to... I want to serve God. I'm not sure what that's going to look like. Maybe that eventually means like a, a position of authority above men and women. And for if I take certain passages from the Bible just as they are, 
would make it sound like that is that's unscriptural, that's against God. Um, but yeah, so there's an element of all these things that has like I don't know historical context in, it, or like how do we? This can be something that maybe we touch on too. Like how do we tell what's just like what's helpful to us face value at face value, and then what? How do we know? Like, what do we need more context for to understand? Yeah, because like practicality gets a little difficult when you like think, do I do I need to know something else to read this passage the way it was supposed to be? Yeah, so you're you're not? talking about like properly understanding what's going on in the text and allowing the like the the study that we need to do behind the text instead of just reading it and whatever the words mean to us. Yeah. taking that and running with it. Uh, that would be, some people call that literal, but I would make the case that it's literal when you, when you, when you put it in its literary context, mm, you know, yeah. um, it's, it's not literal when you take it and you apply your own version of it, you know, yeah. Yeah. accidentally, you might mm-hmm. do it accidentally. You might miss, misread. I can do all things to Christ. You're like, that's pretty literal. That's, yeah. that's okay. I can go pick up a 200 yeah, yeah. pound squat right. rack. Like, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> almost all of us would say, no, no, he's saying something more than that. And that's what you're yeah. saying. Like if you just read the words on the top, then um, it kind of matters to start reading it, really trying to understand what's going on here. Sometimes reading it right off the top could cause you to misapply and mm-hmm. therefore yeah. Can, can be impractical. Yeah. yeah. I have been leading or co-leading a group of uh, girls who are now seniors in high school and they're about to graduate too, which is crazy. And in this past year, that was one of their biggest questions was they were, they're just now getting interested in, in reading the Bible on their own and really developing a faith for themselves. And they're not sure what to do with scripture right now because they're kind of afraid of like, I don't know if I have the the tools to read this right. Like if they do want to make it practical in their life, they're like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. what I just read at face value and what I need to like, you know, research more or like ask my pastor about or ask my parents about, yeah. um, which is a really good question. I think it feeds back into this, is the Bible practical? Because I would say, I hope it is, but also it's still, it's kind of difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To have it be practical for you in responsible ways, if, if that makes sense. What do you mean by responsible ways? Um, because I, well, this is something that we've talked about, uh, like prefaced on this podcast, and the reason for it in general is that we recognize the church is flawed, that mm-hmm. people who claim to love Christ mm. dearly and follow him, that they use the Bible mm. in as weapons kind of against people in ways that doesn't really align with everything Mm -hmm. else that Christ has said and the way that God's revealed himself to be. So there are definitely ways that I think you can take the Bible and have it have like practical application in your life for worse and for better Mm -hmm. and plenty of degrees around that. Yeah. 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 And that way the Bible is hyper practical, even when it's misused, (laughs) when it's mistranslated. And we've seen that. Mm Over history, where countless scenarios where the Bible has been used, as you said, as a bludgeon in individual conversations, but like large scale, you know, movements and things, you know, crusades and slavery and a whole series of things, suffrage, women's women's rights, even in our own country. We've Mm -hmm. got some of that, some of the patriarchal stuff has been 
the Bible's been used to anchor those things, um, some of the toxic versions of that. Yeah. Mm. yeah, like my first, I was kind of thinking through this, like my first immediate thought was like for the believer, yes, it's practical. For the unbeliever, like no, it's practical. Uh, no, it's not practical, sorry. <laughs> um, and I think we kind of talked about this. I think it was the on the how do we love like Jesus one, but where we are trying to hold non-believers to like Christian standards and then we're like getting mad when they're not reaching there. I mm-hmm. think I think a lot of times we look at non-believers and we're like, how can you not like value scripture or believe it? It's like they don't view the Bible the same as us. And so that was my immediate thought. But as we as we dig in, it was funny as you were talking, Haley, like literally part of my notes was like I wrote potential like issues or trouble with it being practical. And a couple of them are like, do we take it literally or not? Like context and culture matters. And um, you know, a lot of like Old Testament versus New Testament. Like before we recorded podcast we were talking about tattoos like the old testament talks about no tattoos and i know plenty of christians i have them like Haley has them kind of thing um and there have been people like well if you're a christian like why do you have them and so it's like we don't want to cut out all the old testament like where's that balance and then i think also just understanding that it was like written in a very different time and culture than we are in now and not to say that that means it was written just for that culture because i i believe that obviously you know god inspired all of that and he is like beyond time but I think it's important there's just certain things like that made more sense back in 2000 years ago than it did today than it will 2000 years from now you know even when they're talking a lot about gardening and fishing that's just not a lot of stuff that we do now um and so all that I I do think the bottom line is it is practical but I think there is a lot of nuances beyond that um and 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 I can see how it would be like you said the woman teach like there's just a lot of ways to interpret things Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'd make the case too that it's it it certainly began as practical. Like Paul's writing in a practical letter to a group yeah. of people designed to deal with very specific issues. Yeah. And when they read that letter, there were things that he was saying in these letters that they were planning to implement mm-hmm. in their life and in their faith family, uh, in their church, churches and groups. And individual selves, yeah. So, um, so uh, I think I think the Bible is a, in some way, it's it's, it's a series. Uh, from one lens, it's a series of stories, real life stories, with real life issues, uh, that God spoke into, that prophets spoke into, that Proverbs is the reflection of one, you know, one man who's really going through that and Ecclesiastes thinking through things. And, and so all these things, their origins are really practical that there was, they were, they weren't made to be stories or fables mm-hmm. like a fairy tale book or snow white and, or they weren't made for entertainment value or these things were created with the very, most of them with a very practical bend objective, mm-hmm. you know, even revelation. The reason I said most of them because my mind, Revelation popped into yeah. my brain and made me think. But even then, John is writing to seven churches. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, hey, this is what God, this is what Jesus told me to tell you mm-hmm. to these seven churches. You know, so so I think I think it, from that angle, it is, it is it, at least at some point, was hyper-practical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the scriptures were. Um, but then comes the challenge of taking the principles and the ideas from those contexts and translating them into our modern context and keeping the kingdom ethic and the kingdom principles in there. And that is the messy work of context and study and um, 
hermeneutics and uh, exegesis is the, these words that you you'd get um, that pretty much simply just mean what did it mean to the people? <laughs> like going back and remember looking at what it meant to the people and deciphering what's the main thing here that he's that he's dealing with and bringing those principles forward. And it's to what you said, like, you know, those parables, we don't have, we're not a garden, uh, agrarian society. So a lot of those parables and metaphors, actually we probably miss a ton of them. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like the shepherd and the sheep stuff that's talked about, we only get a little bit of that. You know, we got a very macro level of, oh, shepherds take care of sheep. Oh, they must like them. <laughs> and and that's pretty much what shepherds are, right? Yeah. As opposed to like what they would have understood a shepherd to be and all the things associated with it, right? And uh, mm-hmm. hyper, what what all else that means, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's one that we were talking about why you do church in one of our episodes. Uh, and one of the things that's beautiful about the community is that, there is gifts given to the community uh, of teachers and shepherds and all of these things. And for this particular one, God has given the body teachers who can, uh, who have been gifted and trained uh, to help us understand these things. And um, I think we all should be able to have some level of that on our own. But I also think, and, and some people would probably I see when I hear people say, oh, you don't want to lean and depend on the preacher to take. I I agree with that because so much of my life has been like checking preachers and Mm -hmm. turns out, oops, that was not what (laughs) that does not seem to be what that scripture is talking about. So I'm 100% in on check that. Check me. If you ever hear me preach and teach, like don't take me for my word for granted. But I also understand that he very intentionally gave the body teachers for the purpose of doing these types of help to help us. And so when teachers are doing what they ought to do, spirit led and, and, and doing the work and uh, the spirit is using them, it actually does help all of us do this thing, bring this, bring this context together. That's the gift that we are to. That's one of the gifts that we are to each other, whether it's spoken word or written word or podcasts like this or whatever it is, people have those gifts and they're important and useful because not everybody has them. Yeah. Um, you mentioned something, I love everything that you said, absolutely agree. Um, you had mentioned something that I kind of want to latch on to about the, um, how Paul wrote letters specifically to certain congregations. Just one like huge example of the way that the Bible, if you are intending to, if your hope is to read the Bible and have it be practical to you in responsible ways, I think one of the first and best things that you can do is see it as, um, see it by genre as like a an amalgamation of several genres because for example each one of them presents their own challenges of yeah. being uh, being responsible with it because with the epistles all those letters at the end of the New Testament they are the the closest uh, written to today that we have and yet they're very far removed from us they weren't written to us. Um, I've heard pastors at this church say that the Bible is written for us, but it wasn't written to us. Um, and I would agree with that, that it's still, it's relevant for us. But obviously, like, Paul is writing to certain congregations, and one of the difficulties in reading the epistles, for example, is how do I separate what was just meant for that one congregation, issues that they were having between believers that existed only in that congregation and have died since then <laughs> and no longer, like, is this thing relevant to 
those like couple of people who are having an argument um, at versus what is universally helpful to like the global historical church. Like what can I still take today? And it's still just as true as it was when Paul wrote it. Um, that's really difficult. Um, and then you can think of things like Revelation, which is both, you know, prophetic and apoc- apocalyptic and has a letter portion in it. Yeah. And there's all these challenges that come with um, reading the prophets carefully, reading apocalyptic literature carefully. And then, of course, in the Old Testament and even in the New, in, in the Gospels, we have more like just flat out historical narratives. Like they're they're telling you these events and the people and, and kings and and lines mm. that lasted for thousands of years. Um, and like I said, there's difficulties with every single genre on trying to read it. Even the, even even poetry. Like yeah. I think Psalms is one of the most, can be one of the most difficult things because it's art. And anyway, any artist knows that you're writing in such simile, metaphor, like... Um, it's almost expected not to be taken literal when you write mm-hmm. in some way. Some for a lot of the mm-hmm. psalms, they're expected to be illustrative of an emotional place, or, um, and yet there's there's quite a good there's quite a bit of psalms that um, we have to determine like what is actually being 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 said here. Is it literal or is it hyperbole or is it metaphoric yeah. or um, and to be responsible with it, it, scripture says to rightly divide, right? So to rightly divide the word of truth, right? Mm-hmm. Scripture also, though, says that if, if the case for scripture in itself, in Second Timothy, and I don't think Paul was was considering his letter scripture when he was writing them. I think Paul was in practical mode. <laughs> He's just like, hey. What I hear this is going on in Ephesus. Here, hold on to this. Uh, what <laughs> Corinth? Here, hold on to this two or three times. And um, but when he says it to Timothy, he says all Scripture is inspired, you know, and useful, practical, mm. you know. As Second Timothy three seventeen, and I think he was talking. He was talking about the Old Testament mm. then, because that's what they had. Because that's because that's right. what the scriptures he was. So. Um, He's saying, hey, all, all the scriptures, even though it's old, which he's saying that because maybe there's somebody in the room that's thinking, mm, that stuff is that stuff is yesterday's stuff. We gotta do, we gotta do today's stuff. And Paul's like, no, no, no. All scripture uh is is useful. Uh and so for all the things, <laughs> you know, that he goes on into exhortation and all that. So I think the scripture makes a case for itself. I wanna move it a little bit with practicality though. Because that's, uh, I think I love that conversation that we just had. I think it's great. There's another, there, there is this side of, okay, but does it help me make life decisions? Mm-hmm. Right? Like right now. Like, mm. okay, I got this question about, yeah, um, what I should do with my life mm-hmm. or, um, you know, should I go left or should I go right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, or... Right. Yeah, like there's like mm. there's there's the theological um environment of practicality and then there's the yeah, but I'm just trying to live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and is this is this should I pick up like you know, how to make friends book or should yeah, I pick up the Yeah, yeah, how to win <laughs> friends, yeah. Or, or should I read the Bible? Like is the Bible does the Bible help me with with those things? Is it really practical for my my real life, you know? 
And I think that's a lot of people. I think uh, generationally, Gen Z, uh, I know I get in trouble when I talk about generations as a whole, but in general, I think Gen Z is a, is has its primary question is a practical question about all of life, not just Christianity or I think all of life, whether the government, college, the dollar, <laughs> all of it is like, does it work? <laughs> I think that's like the, mm, yeah. does it work really? Does it, does it does it really work? Like, can I trust the dollar? Can I do I have to go to college? Do I have to do it this way? You know, do I have to do it that way? It doesn't seem like those are really working all the time. You know, so everything's kind of under a kind of practical scrutiny. I think that's uh, uh, the product of like a, a lot of failing institutions in the life of Gen Z as they've grown up. They've seen a lot of things not work. It's been really unstable, the church included. And uh, I think for that generation, they really just, really just want to know what works, really. And you're asking, does the Bible work? Yeah, well, I think going off that, too, I think whether it's Gen Z or a little old, like, there's just this cultural idea of, like, self-help and a lot of self-help books. So it's like, well, you know, I have limited time, so if I have time to only read one, you know, should it be the Bible or this self-help, how to make friends, mm-hmm. how to whatever. And I will say, like, I, I love to read, so I still think there are a lot of great, I don't want to use the term self-help necessarily, but like Christian books that aren't the Bible, but I, by authors who, from their learned life experience or like what they've taken from the Bible, I think those are good too. But along those lines of like, yeah, does it help me make the decision? Like the main, one of the only things I pretty much wrote down when I was like preparing for this, and I don't know if it'll be a hot take, maybe in my mind, I just think it's a hot take, but <laughs> I've heard a lot of people use this terminology like, oh, the Bible is an instruction manual kind of thing. And for so long, I just thought nothing of it. I was like, oh yeah, it teaches how to live, yada, yada. But more and more, not that I'm questioning the Bible itself, but just this phrase of it being an instruction manual, because if I turn to Philippians 2.24, it's not going to tell me choose this job, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. And there's obviously some, like, it, it guides some and, the, and it provides some stuff. But, yeah, like, for those questions of, like, who should I marry? And, yes, it does um, talk about the qualities of a great spouse, a great husband, and a great wife, what you can look for, but it's not going to say, do I marry Bob or Billy, you know, kind of thing. Um, and so, yeah, as I started thinking of it more, it's like there's endless possibilities. So there's no way that the Bible is going to, like, for every situation have something. And, again, especially, like, as we grow, new possibilities come from this culture than with technology and all of that than there was even 100 years ago. And so the way I've started to think of it more is it's like guardrails on a road. So it gives us boundaries and it gives us concepts and ideas that we can apply to a lot of different stuff. But I, I think we have a lot more freedom than we realize. Like, this is how I see it. The Bible gives us these guardrails to keep us off the metaphorical cliff of life. But on that road, we have, as long as we're kind of following the path, we have a lot of freedom to choose our speed, to choose, like, all these different things. Um, And not saying, like, you control whether your life's going fast or slow, but just, like, this idea of, like, it's not, like, you read it and you're going to read a passage. Because I sometimes am guilty. I'll read something and I walk away and I'm like, great how does that help my situation that I'm anxious about or this and mm-hmm. again there are certain scriptures where you can remind yourself that God's with you but I think taking it off of like almost this like rules rigidity like instruction manuals can tell you exactly how to live and realizing more that it it is God's story that he's written for us um, and we can learn more about him we can learn more about ourselves and we can take those principles of a godly life of you know what the church is supposed to look like of like, you know whatever those of love and then apply them in the freedom that we have to live. Yeah. So. Yeah, I love that. I, I think that's uh, I think that's I think that's well said. It's a you will be disappointed if you expect the Bible to tell you 
with who to marry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, it's like a which, magic eight ball. You yeah, yeah. It's gonna be like I don't right, think so. Right, or or that it's going to give you the right time to move in this way or that way, or whether you should wait, or whether you should go, or um, whether you should choose this break service or that break service or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. like there's a there's a series of choices that we make that I think what you're some of those things are just us doing it, and so it. it it's important to come to the Bible with the proper expectation and the proper expectation is, is what you described. I think this, there's a way about life. There's a way that God is trying to grow us to think and see and live. And that informs our behavior. This is the faith and work stuff. We're kind of getting at that, that, you know, um, as we become more and more like Christ, um, our mind is transformed back in Romans 12. Our mind is transformed or renewed and it changes how we make decisions and changes how we see people. Um, And I do believe, I think the spirit does a lot, does, does a lot of work in us. Um, But I, I think God has part of what the spirit, the spiritual giftings, like I think there's a lot of things that he, he's given us wisdom, not wisdom. Well, Wisdom just sounds like a really lofty thing, but he's <laughs> he's given us knowledge. He's given us experiences. He's given us a capability to make decisions with the right factors. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Hey, would this would this honor me? You know, um, what you know, uh, what what is the most loving thing uh, to be really to be really Christianese? What would Jesus do here? Mm-hmm. You know." Um, and I think sometimes the spirit impresses upon us, do this. And we should always listen to that when it is that. But that's the spirit, not the Bible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the Bible helps us grow closer to God, helps us to see him moving, help us to foster the right pictures of him. Um, and that way uh, reveals, to who, reveals to us who Jesus is, uh, challenges us to be more like him. Like it's all those things, but then you, you live it out with that information, the way you describe kind of a backyard with a fence around mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's very like paradigm shifting. Like it gives yeah. us the lens from which to see everything else. Like if it, the Bible doesn't speak on uh, the person I'm going to marry or how to, how to pass my GRE or like, tell me about astronomy. Like if mm-hmm. it doesn't have those things, I think it is much more um, like a, a resetter, like, Give me the framework from which to live out everything else. And there are a bunch of imperatives in scripture too that like says, I don't know, like yeah. take care of the orphan and the widow and the poor and yeah. um, live holy lives just as God is holy. Like plenty of imperatives that like can be taken very literally, but I think it all still follows falls under the umbrella of in the Bible we find who we are, where we come from, and our, our basic purpose in life and how we are to live. Um, but then much of it is still like is just mm-hmm. gonna be done outside of scripture, us taking scripture seriously and then reacting to the rest of our lives in a way that would align with what we've what we've read and how it formed us. Hundred percent. Yeah. No, I, I agree with both of y'all. And it's like there's so many points that I had literally thought of um that you had both said. But it is essentially like this um this idea of yeah, and I think is what you were saying, Antoine, of 
the spirit does a lot of work in us. And I think sometimes I've noticed myself, like I want to read the Bible to understand. And if I read a passage or a verse and I'm like, I don't understand, I start getting like flustered. And it was like this you know, quiet time of reading the Bible was useless because I don't understand. But I feel like God's been showing me that like we have the spirit. And so sometimes it's literally like God speaking to the spirit inside of us. We might not yet understand, but a month from now, a year from now, we'll think back, we'll be like, gosh, like that's what that meant. And so yeah. I think it really is like if we... um. I think a lot of times we look at the Bible and we try and use it for like external behavior changes or management or whatever. Of like, okay, exactly. It tells me what to do. I'm going to do it rather than like us taking the frameworks and the foundation that we get to build upon. Um, and I even think of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount when he was saying the wise, the foolish builder built his house on sand and the wise, you know, there can be a lot built on rock and then storms came and the sand house, you know, fell down and blew down. Um, but it's like using the Bible as this foundation and allowing like faith to come from hearing and like Roman says and allowing it to build in our spirit and then that's going to change how we live not because we read the, in the bible to take this job versus this job again there are some like if if there is a job that's maybe not going to you know glorify god or that's going to be doing something illegal like maybe not choose that job like <laughs> there, there are there can be some practical maybe you shouldn't do that yeah exactly exactly there are some practical aspects like you had said and some things we could take literally but so if you are being like, well, why would I read that? It's not going to help me make a decision. Like, I think, as we've said, like, the more you know God and the more you know yourself and you see it as, like, this love story that he's writing, like, the more confident you're going to be able to go out and make decisions and not. And this can be a whole separate topic, too, I think. But I, I, even I'm learning about myself, I think a lot of times people are like, I'm not going to move until the Lord tells me to. And, yeah, sometimes the Spirit very clearly says, take this job, move here, go here, not discounting that at all. But I do think a lot of times the Lord gives us the freedom and say, like, just trust me, trust what you've gotten from Scripture to make the best decision. And if it happens to be, you know, off, then I'll course correct you. But yeah. I think a lot of times with Scripture, so if you, if you look at Scripture and you're like, that's a waste because it's not going to tell me step by step how to do something, how to live. Um, you know, I'm very much someone who likes to know the rules and the outline. But I think it's it's going to just give you this ability um you're going you're gonna to better know how to do those things and the decisions to make when you know more about God and yourself, which the Bible does. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, legalism is, like, something just telling you what to do all the time, mm -hmm. you know, even if you're not hard invested. And the way the Bible kind of really helps and grows us the way you're describing is it, it gives it, you become a different person and then your behavior follows that, not that you just change your behavior. Uh, and um, in that way, it feels like a more wise thing to do to to develop someone. And so much of so much of our spiritual growth is in the doing, and but it's from the training. I keep thinking about. I don't know if it's a really great example. I keep thinking about Karate Kid. I'm dating myself. Karate Kid. Yeah. Or you think the same thing? Karate Kid. No. No. But I was just thinking, <laughs> like in Karate in Karate Kid, like he's being taught all this, watch sand the floor. Oh. You know, so he's being he's he's doing all these things that don't seem like they make any real sense, and mm. it just is not karate at all. Like, what is this? And it, what it, what he's what he's being trained is muscle memory, and uh, he's training his body to respond to things before he can think about it. The body just automatically does it, um, and he doesn't even know that that's happening. And so uh, there's that scene where he's like showing him Mr. Miyagi's like he's watching doing all the things, sanding the floor and painting the fence and waxing the car. And all of a sudden, he's got all these karate moves. Uh, he didn't realize that all that was training him 
the very thing, mm-hmm. you know. I think sometimes scripture reading can be like that. You're, you're reading scripture, you're not quite sure when you're going to, when this thing's going to come up again, like you were mm-hmm. saying. Uh, and then there's something that shows up in life, and then that scripture suddenly feels really practical. Mm-hmm. You know, you remember, you're like, oh, man, I, well, yeah, that was here. And, and, and it's hidden in your heart um, in such a way that it, the spirit can recall it and pull it back up. Uh, in those moments, um, so I think I think um, the scripture can help us feel the nearness of God in difficult moments because those things are in us. Um, it can feel providential anyway. There's a whole bunch of really practical things, but it's but it's not practical to the to the individual nth, to nth degree. And if we're expecting that mm. to be that, then we would be, I think, we would be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think he's not going to give us everything to say exactly and, you know, and all of that. So, um, so yeah, I think I think it's interesting too. I was just going to say, I love that, that picture. It's a really good comparison to mm-hmm. Gratikid, Yeah, <laughs> of all things. That's so good because, like Kristen, you mentioned that the instruction manual mm-hmm. kind of mindset of things, I think it would be so helpful we can move from the instruction manual mindset to a karate kid mindset (laughs) of the Bible is formative for us. Reading it may not speak directly into this choice that I need to make. Like God's not going to say like, turn, take a left turn at this light. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's formative and it creates habits in us and it creates like a certain posture towards any, any topic that like when it comes up during your day, you, if you are postured in the in the correct way, in a godly way, then you would respond to it in a way as if like God was speaking directly mm-hmm. to you, and maybe it is the Holy Spirit guiding you. But I think that's what He does; that He uses everything very much, like yeah. what what we spend our day doing, and what we read, what we take in, what we spend our time thinking about, and pondering, mm-hmm. and praying on. All yeah. these things form us into the kind of person that we're going to be when it's decision time. Yeah. And in some ways, God's like, I've trained you for this. Yeah. Do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like just like, trust. like I've given you, I've given you everything you need mm-hmm. to make the right choice here. So make it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to make it for you. Like you make it. Mm-hmm. And and I, it, it, I was, like I said before, it's a bad plan because people people don't. I don't always make the right choice. Mm-hmm. But it's not because I wasn't for many for many cases. It's not because I wasn't trained to. You know, I just didn't do it. And then sometimes you you try, you fail, and it's still growth, right? It's still formative, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I don't know that we really have a robust. This is slightly off topic, but we, it won't stay long. But I'm challenged by spiritual growth, like like the churches. Um practical picture of spiritual growth and spiritual discipleship like Chris what what it means to spiritually grow you know I I think so much of our sort of church experience and Christian experience is experiential is uh like is emo- let's see it's, it's experiential in the sense that we show up to something and we experience something mm-hmm. as opposed to seeing our life as this, journey with others that includes this sort of 
training and refining and becoming more of um, becoming more like Christ and becoming more like who God sees us, who's, who's pulling us into. I don't know that we really, I don't see a lot. I don't, I don't get the sense a lot that we're looking at our Christian life with those lenses. And therefore it makes coming to, without that lens, you come to the Bible for answers, for quick answers, for slap that Bible verse on it. Yeah. Yeah. And if, and if, and if the, and if the Bible verse doesn't seem to give you the, 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 the most practical version of the answer, then it's seen as irrelevant because you want something else that's going to, you know, help with the experience of things as opposed to seeing that everything is a part of a much bigger journey um, mm-hmm. um, toward something, toward Christ-likeness. Uh, that perspective um, can be really, uh, having the perspective of I'm growing, I'm becoming more like Jesus, even while I'm already saved, I'm already sanctified, I have the Spirit in me, I'm, I have all these statuses, but, but who I am becoming in my life and how God is growing me um, is an ongoing process that the Scriptures have a play a huge role in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, though, it I seems mean, really difficult. Yeah. yeah so. Even though you kind of said that was off topic, like that almost sort of ties into what I had also thought, so it kind of brings it back. But kind of speaking to these two people, so one, um, you were saying like a lot of times in, you know, Christian in the big C church, whatever, we view spiritual growth as kind of like in the, we don't look at it as the journey kind of thing. And I think a lot of what I've just learned, you know, subconsciously or consciously, I'm not sure, but sometimes over the past couple of years is that like almost spiritual growth equals understanding, like the more spiritually mature wise, and not that we won't grow in wisdom or understanding, I can yeah. really agree with that. Yeah. But so I think then if you ever read scripture or like here and you're like, that's still, I don't really understand it. It's like, well, you're not growing in wisdom or something. Mm. But um, the funny part about that is going back to the verse, I, I think it's Timothy, or the one that's like the, the all word is, yeah, all scriptures, yeah. God breathed, word, like, alive and active, all that. But there's been so many times where I will, you know, I've been, a Christian essentially my whole life. So kind of want to speak to the person who's like, oh, I've already read the Bible once. Like, I don't need to kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's so many times we'll all read a verse and then I'm in a completely different part of my life and I'll read like the same verse and I get so much, I get something different from it. I get something more from it. And I'm like, oh, I see it yeah. from this angle versus so this right. angle. Yeah. And so just want to encourage like that of like, you know, yes, we will grow in understanding, but there's be, you'll get new understanding or there'll be still times because it is a journey. It's like, you know, from birth or from redemption, like when you're saying, and you're saved, you can't speak, yeah. you know, onward kind of thing. But then going back to the person, again, who's, who might read a verse, a chapter or something and still be like, I still don't understand, going back to the karate kid, just like the encouragement of getting in that mindset, that, like, it's okay. Because, again, it's, it's like speaking internally and it's building up those things. So it's okay if you read something and you're like, oh, I don't understand. That doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. doesn't mean, you know, yes, it's always good to ask God, like, hey, God, like, what does this mean? Or ask, you know, your pastor, ask fellow believers. But kind of speaking to that thing too, if I don't get discouraged if you read it and you're like, you don't understand because again, later you might and like it's it's doing something internally even if you can't see the effects externally yet. Yeah. And you don't have to do it by yourself. Yeah, exactly. If you are struggling with this kind of thing, you're not the first. Um, There have been many before us who've struggled with the same thing and I would just encourage you with the fact that like scripture is still central, so central 
to the universal church, that itself is a good sign. Mm -hmm. The scripture is practical. It is useful. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah. Well, love combo. Yeah. Mm, good. good good stuff, man. Yeah, the Bible the Bible is practical. Turns out turns turns out turns it out is Haley was wrong. Turns out <laughs> Haley was wrong. Failed. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Uh I I I get really excited. So again, that the low concept of like you don't have to do it by yourself, like I get real energized. I there was a point in my life where I was like Either the Bible's going to answer my tough questions or I'm leaving Christianity. Mm -hmm. I was 20. But that meant that I had to really jump in. I, that was mm -hmm. part of my, like, I can't just read it on the surface. Like, okay, if I saw something that I thought answered the question, I wanted to make sure it was answering the question. If I saw something that didn't answer the question, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't missing something, right? And um, so I, it really started to dive in. And for my personal story, for my personal life, the more I dove in, the more beautiful it became, the more surprising at how many things it does answer. That just takes a little digging to get to. But once you start to see that and you get you start to develop that habit, it stuff just pops up all over the place. It's like digging, I always say digging for gold. It's like digging for gold and finding new gold. Oh, and and for me, the delight that comes from that, just for me personally. I get really delighted by that. Like I just, it just really gives me life and it may not do that for any of you who are listening to this. And what I'm saying to you is in this particular area, persons like me can be helpful to, to you. Just like you probably can be helpful for me when you need to get out and serve people. Cause I don't do that innately and I have to do better about that. You know, I know that's terrible. You're like, you're the pastor. You don't serve people. <laughs> no, I do. But but I have to be intentional about it. But I'm saying is that which every joint supplies, that we all help each other. If you don't really, there's someone who's more than happy to help walk with you a little bit and be reading and helping you develop that. So anyway, love it. Thank you for the convo. Um, Spotify fam, go ahead and hit the reply button and tell us what you think about this show and other stuff. Share with us your thoughts and your resources. I know we, we've, suggested songs before um if there's anything that you think would be encouraging for other listeners uh love to hear it love to see it we can get that information try to figure out a way to, to uh, disseminate that to people but yeah we we just love to hear from you if we can that'd be a fantastic way to um to help to grow what we're trying to do with the community ladies any final words <laughs> bye. Bye, 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 bye. Okay. All right. Well, that'll do it. Um, until next time, you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. This is Sanctuary. And um, we'll see you next time. Be blessed. <laughs>